This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. I, yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Sean Bolson uh, joining us on the pod today. And when we talked with Sean uh, last week on Wednesday, he was getting ready to make a, a fairly significant drive up to the upper UP there in, in northern Michigan to watch uh, his son play hockey for MSU Mankato up there. Uh, Sean, tell us about the trip. First of all, what, what what's the name of the college that they went and played up there? Uh, Michigan Tech. All right. So, so uh, tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a long ways. It's a fun trip. You uh, get to Duluth, go over that big bridge in the Superior, and then, you know, it's, it's kind of not boring, but it's not entertaining for a while. But once you get up, you know, past Ashland, up into the UP of Michigan, entertaining. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, you know, big trees. Uh, they're not mountains, but I consider them bigger than hills. And <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's just a very entertaining drive. And then when we were there, we're... You know, in our hotel, which, you know, the grade is just, uh, it all drops down to a river, and then you stare across the river on the other side at these big ski slopes. So, yeah, yeah, it was really, really pretty. Really enjoyed our time there. Yeah, that's that's terrific. I've made that drive myself uh, just once. I went over to my niece's wedding, and uh, they live north of Detroit about an hour. So we kind of went around that way and, and came down. There's really no easy way from here uh, to there because you got to drive around lakes uh, and all that. But, yeah, I, I found that to be a, a really pretty drive, too. So how about the hockey? What was the arena like? Oh, arena's great. You know, that's one of the better atmospheres in the whole country. I was reading about that, you know, and I think they got, I don't know what it is, eight, ten thousand 10,000 sold-out band. Okay. Uh, you know, the whole crowd is so in tune with everything. Um, we uh, lost, I believe, 3-1 to one on Friday and won 4-2 to two on Saturday. Kate had three on the weekend, so he had a huge weekend. Nice. Uh, played really, really, really good. And then, um, yeah, Ethan and I came back. It was their winter, winter carnival. And so the game was at 5.07 Eastern, so it got done about 6 o'clock our time with mm-hmm. the time. And uh, we just hopped in the vehicle, got home about 1.30 on Sunday morning. So I, otherwise you just go to your hotel room and you fall asleep and you just you know wait to wake up. And I, I don't like to do that, so we just got out of there. Yeah, right. So how long a drive then? How many hours? Six hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, so it's not next door. Uh, closer than what I had to go. I must have went quite a bit deeper down toward Detroit than you guys had to go then. From... Oh, yeah, Detroit. I have a buddy that lives by Detroit that came mm-hmm. up there, and it's closer for him by Detroit to drive to Mankato than it is to drive to Houghton. Oh, is that right? I didn't realize it was quite that big a difference, but, yeah, I knew. Yeah, it, I... it took him about nine hours. Really? Yeah, I was thinking yeah. I had like a 12-hour drive, and you're going 645 or something like that. Gosh, that must be quite a ways from where, yeah, no. where I yeah. wound up. Yeah, Houghton's a good, you know, nine, nine hours from uh, from Detroit. So oh, wow. It's it's weird to think about somebody who lives in Michigan. It's quicker to drive to Mankato than yeah. to the uh, extreme upper peninsula. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big right. state. Hey, three goals for Caden. That's terrific on the weekend. Describe them a little bit. Yeah, he yeah, it was just really good. One was a power play goal from the right dot where he just picked it and shot it around a guy and, and uh, you know, hit the top corner. And the other one, he checked the guy at center ice, took it from him, went in on a two-on-one and, and got it. And, yeah, and then he had a, a really nice shootout goal also. So, yeah, I mean, he was really good this week. You know, it was fun. It puts him, what, 11, 11 and 10 on the year, 11 goals, 10 assists. So nice. it's good. It's, it's basically – 
I had a guy call me and say, that's what's right with the transfer portal. Uh, college football transfer portal might have ruined it. But, you know, Cade was out in Omaha struggling. His his coach that he was – one of his coaches died. Mm. And then uh, he was left with, you know, it was him and the assistant who hadn't seen eye to eye who he really hadn't committed to. Mm-hmm. And after he got hurt his first year and didn't play, they just kind of moved on. And, and so him being able to get in a fresh start and all of a sudden being a team that's in first place now and – and, uh, you know, second on the team in scoring. And, yeah, it's, it, it's a good fit. So it's it's been fun. We're off this weekend, and then next weekend there's a home series and finish up at Duluth before playoffs. Yeah, great. So clipping right along, yeah. that's fantastic. And I'm glad yep. you mentioned that about the transfer portal because it does take a lot of heat. Uh, and it's all because of the college football where guys are leaving and taking big money and so forth. Right. But in Cade's example, boy, that's a terrific example where, where the transfer portal is, is good for college athletes. Coaches can leave uh, whenever they want, so to give the players a chance uh, seems fair. It does seem fair. And like I said, if you get you know, with, with somebody, you go there and the situation changes, whether it's a coach is leaving or somebody else leaving, for a kid to be able to leave when he sees, hey, Obviously, I'm not wanted here. You know, he'd be uh, the top goal scorer on that team this year. You yeah. know, I mean, he he got in a spot where the coach believes in him and he's wanted, and and things are things are going well. He, we know you need that in at every level. You need a coach that believes in you. You need a coach that that wants you there, and and you feel like, hey, I'm part of this deal. If not, you know, it's hard to succeed. That's great. Good for him. How much uh, yeah. eligibility does he have left then? Well, it's this year and next year. Okay. So, yeah, he has this year and one more year. That's terrific, Coach. Good luck to him yeah. and headed down yeah. to the, the crunch time of the season right now so the games only right. get bigger uh, from here on. So that that's fantastic. Uh, you took in the Super Bowl, I assume. Uh, you said you got home early in the morning on Sunday? Yeah, hosted a little Super Bowl party. Had my, my daughter over, a couple other people stopped by. And then, you know, I was in the same boat as pretty much everybody I talked to, mm-hmm. cheering for the Niners. But thinking there was a way that the Chiefs were going to get it done, okay. I heard a lot of that. Well, the NFL wants the Chiefs because of Taylor Swift. You know, yes, I think that's true. I don't buy that that directly impacts the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it, it kind of worked out exactly like we thought it would. Mm-hmm. You know, Niners were good. Everybody's cheering for him. It came down to crunch time. Mahomes found a way to get it done. Yeah. He does. It just does. Uh, I didn't really have a rooting interest. You know, the 49ers have beaten the Vikings in the playoffs in the past, so they aren't my favorite team. But I don't have any, you know, hate for them or anything. It's always a sports hate when we talk about hate. And and I'm not sick of the Chiefs. You know, they they I, I enjoy watching greatness. I, I compare it to, I never got tired of watching Michael Jordan play uh, when the Bulls were winning all those championships. That was just thrilling to see, can they do it again? And for me, I'm in that same spot. Now with Mahomes and the Chiefs, can they do it again? It's to me, it's interesting to watch greatness like that. So I didn't have any real rooting interest, but I felt the same way. It just seemed, man, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. If he has the ball last, you're in trouble. Yeah, I agree. And and for me, you know, I appreciate good football. Yeah. Mahomes brings good football. Yep, I do that. You know, with the today's new world, and now I watch that quarterback show. His wife just seems, you know, like. I'm not a fan at all. <laughs> and so, you know, all of a sudden that starts playing into it. San Francisco, yeah, I mean, I love what McCaffrey does. You know, I, I love what Kittle does. Purdy's a great story. Mm-hmm. I mean, San Francisco as a whole has turned into one of the dumpiest cities in America. Yeah. So, I, you know, as far as 
as different reasoning. And the, the Taylor Swift thing got a little bit nauseating to me, too. So they weren't two fan two teams that I was cheering for. Yeah. But it was one of, you know, my daughter Libby is not a huge football person. At <laughs> halftime, she's like, hey, that was a really boring first half. And I'm like, you are right. That was awesome. <laughs> that was, yes. And then it, it turns in the second half and overtime was outstanding. So yeah. uh, from a competitive standpoint, it was a very entertaining game. Uh, due to the second half and overtime, so it ended up being a good a good watch. Yeah, she's smart. Uh, she was right. That was an awful first half. Nobody could do anything. Uh, it didn't seem like offensively, but that just showed how good their defenses were. So, how do you feel about Brock Purdy now that the season is over? Uh, you know, he took his team all the way to the Super Bowl after being the last pick in the draft. Of course, there has been undrafted free agent quarterbacks who took their teams to the Super Bowl, but they didn't do it in their second year uh, like like Purdy did. It, it, do you think that San Francisco's going to stick with him and give him a big money contract, or do you think they might move on? You know, I don't know what they're going to do. I, Brock Purdy is exactly who I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. He's a top 15 quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of huge mistakes, but he's not this big-time guy that's going to win you games. He's going to stay within what they have utilize the weapons around him, and not beat himself. And that's what he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we all could wrap off 10 quarterbacks in 10 seconds that are from a, a arm strength, a talent, everything, you know, superior to Brock. But Brock does a really good job with what he has. Yeah. And he made some good decisions, especially in the game to get to the Super Bowl. He used his legs, which we don't see a whole lot, to make a couple of key plays. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's, a, he's in the top half of the league for quarterbacks, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a top 10 guy. So does San Francisco look and say, hey, we're so invested in our offensive line, our defensive line, our skill positions, we think you know Brock can get this done with us? Yeah, I, I don't see that being a big issue, but I don't see him being a big, you know, if, if he ever left San Fran, you know, getting the monster money on, on the free agent market because I don't look at him as a top-ten quarterback. It's interesting, you know, uh, you don't always have to be a top-10, just have good timing uh, when your right. free agency comes up. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, let's see, he's got two years left on his contract at less than a million dollars a year. So they don't have to extend him uh, right now. Uh, they, they could wait until next year to do it. A lot of people are saying that they might do it uh, this year anyway. So he, it's good timing for him to take his team to the Super Bowl. He might still wind up getting that $40, 50000000 million uh, contract out of the 49ers at some point just because... It's his time. He happens to be a free agent at the right time. Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, nobody's going to say, yeah, he's not the quarterback. Do I think if they had a Cousins or somebody with a little superior talent, you know, could have won? Yeah, maybe, but, I mean, let's face it. Two teams out of the whole NFL got to the Super Bowl, and he led his team there. So pretty hard to critique him and say, you know what? I don't think he's the answer. So, yeah, he did a good job. Shanahan, you know, uh, He's found a way not to win these games. Yeah, you know, I listened to a lot of that, and it, that that is true. Um, I still think so, he's a know, good coach, though, right? Oh, I think he's a great coach. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, you know, I really like him. Yeah, but uh, fair uh, criticism uh, about kind of the end of game handling, and it was a little shocking to me that so many of the Forty ers players 
didn't know how the overtime rules were working. And then when they asked the Kansas City players, every one of them said they knew exactly what was happening because Andy Reid had drilled it into them what the overtime rules were. They had two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. And actually, the way they ran the overtime, that was that started at the beginning of the playoffs. We just didn't have any overtime playoff games until we got to the Super Bowl. But but to me, I thought, wow, that's that seemed like that was a missed point. Not that it makes a difference to the players while they're playing if they know the rules necessarily, but it's just an overall awareness of the situation. Uh, I think that he probably should have had his players uh, maybe a little more coached up on it. Yeah, I was not aware that they were going to keep going with the uh, first quarter, second quarter format. Mm-hmm. I, I I did not know that, but I was shocked regardless of that the fact that they won the toss and took the ball. Because, yeah. you know, you can give it either way at the beginning of the game. A lot of teams defer because they like to try to get that last score in the first half and then get it coming out in the second half. Mm-hmm. But it's a no-brainer in this format to go on defense first because then you know what you have to do. Yeah. Um, and if you score, you win. You know, if you force the other team to punt, you know, you can kick a field goal. Or before, you don't know. So I was very surprised at that. Mm-hmm. But, again, um, this is a guy who has led a great team throughout the season. They had a great season, led them to the playoffs. You know, they, they had a comeback against Green Bay and Detroit. Yeah. And whether you can say it really exposed some of their weaknesses or he did a nice job adjusting in the second half to, to come out with the win, you know, they got there. And so hard to complain. Obviously, they wanted to win it. But, yeah, um, yeah he definitely a good coach. Yeah, open uh, for criticism fairly enough, but – Certainly not uh, rising to the caliber of, uh, well, he can't win the big game. He is 0-2 in the Super Bowl, but he has gotten him there twice in four years uh, at the same time. So we'll see what happens. It's interesting that you mentioned if he had Kirk Cousins. I mean, we know that Kyle Shanahan is a big fan of Cousins, who happens to be a free agent. Do you think that, as you referenced, I mean, you would probably think that Cousins would be higher rated than Brock Purdy would, it sounds like, in, in your quarterback uh, ranking system. Do you think there's any chance the Niners try and make a run at Cousins? You know, I don't know. I, you know, I listened to an interview with Kirk, and he said that, uh, you know, end of February, March 1st is when he really expects talks to heat up, whether that be with the Vikings or with somebody else. And, and if, if the Vikings basically say we're going to go a different route, uh, yeah, I would think uh, San Fran would be a team. San Fran and Atlanta are going to be a couple teams that are going to be really interested in Cousins. Now, I think if the Vikings step forward and say, we want you, I think all that speculation ends and he signs with us. So I think it's just a matter of what the Vikings are wanting, what they're willing to do. Are we going to just rip the Band-Aid off and just, you know, try to make this move and, and go for this and get it done now? Mm-hmm. You know, these draft picks that, you know, you've sent out over the last couple of weeks, I've seen – it's all over the board, you know. Yep. Part of them say you get McCarthy late first round, Penix early second round. I saw one you just sent with a bike move from eleven to eight. Take McCarthy at eight. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I I don't I don't like that scenario. But I, I don't you know, either. I'm, and I'm a McCarthy fan. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, think if you're going to trade up, you're not trading up for him, right? No, no. I I really like to get the LSU kid if I'm going to trade yeah. up. Yeah. You know, I I'd, I'd be okay with anybody but the guy who's going first. I don't want Caleb Williams. Yeah, uh, I'm, I agree. That, yep. That that's the only one I don't want. But I would take May. I'd take, you know, as Daniels. I'd take either of those. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to take, uh, you know, the the Michigan kid McCarthy or Penix, that's going to be late, late first round into the second round. I'm not going to you know move up three spots and 
overtake somebody at eight when they're legitimately a late first round pick. So, yeah. you know, it's it's the demand of quarterback that's going to drive it. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about it for the next bit, and, uh, and then we're going to see what they're going to do. It'll be entertaining. Yeah. You know, it's March 13th is actually when NFL free agency begins, so we won't know on Cousins till after that date. So it'll be more the middle of March before we find out what's going on there. I find it interesting that the Vikings have basically told Cousins we're not in for the price you've asked us for because they've had an exclusive negotiating rights ever since the season ended. They had it all during the season. They had it last offseason. So the two are not agreeing on a contract extension so far. Cousins is asking more than the Vikings have been willing to put up. It's interesting that they've said, go and test free agency. See what you find out there. Then come back to us and we'll see uh, what we have. So the Vikings are... Rolling the dice a little bit, if they decide to move on from Kirk Cousins, they better get a guy uh, then in the draft. And if it's McCarthy, probably a bridge quarterback at the same time. Yeah, because, I mean, right now we have nobody on our roster that you know, you'd know even entertain no. trying to go into a season with as a quarterback. So, nope. um, yeah, you're going to have to do something. And if they don't, obviously they took the uh, tear down and, and watch it crumble uh, strategy, which I don't think the Wolves are going to do. You know, 20 years into this, I don't think they're looking for a, a complete rebuild. But um, if you don't get Cousins, you're going to have to figure something out. You know, um, people get upset when I say this, but Kwesi has not, not done well in the drafts. No. And uh, he's quite quite frankly, besides Addison, he's been awful. Yes. Uh, the Pace Jr. was a good, you know, pickup. But uh, overall, we've burned through some capital that has had zero return. Uh, that has to change. And so... You know, like we talk about with uh, Billy Guerin, we trust him with the Wild, even though they've gone through some ups and downs. You know, in Guerin, we trust is the is the uh, the, the saying with the Wild. Quasi, not so much in my opinion with the Vikings. So he needs to do something special here to figure out what direction this franchise is heading. It's a huge off season for the Vikings. This is the yep. biggest off season I can remember for them. Their three best players are Cousins, Jefferson, Daniil Hunter, right? And they're all yep. up for contracts this year. Now, they have Jefferson under contract another year. If they don't get something done, they can play out. But I don't think they will. I, 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 they've tried to extend Jefferson. He's asking for quarterback money, he, not just to be the highest-paid wide receiver. He wants another $10 million a year on top of that. I've read from guys who seem like insiders that I trust. He's asking for QB money. The Vikings aren't willing to go there. Uh, so if that continues to be the case... It's possible he's used as a trade chip to move up and get one of those big three quarterbacks. That's not what I want to see happen, but if they don't extend him uh, before the draft arrives, I think you could see that happen. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I, I'm not opposed to that at all. Mm-hmm. I think Jefferson's a great talent. We all know these wide receivers, a bit of a, a diva. They're, they're, uh, they're period for being absolute elite generally is not that big of a window. Mm-hmm. I don't know that his value is ever going to be more than it is right now. Mm-hmm. And if you could use him to move up and pick the quarterback that you're going to have for 10, 12 years, Worth it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have to build on that back end and, and, and get something to replace him. Addison's a good receiver. Um, you know, Obviously, we would miss him a ton, but you look at like when Diggs, putting up those crazy numbers, went to Buffalo, yeah, he's okay. Mm-hmm. I think Jefferson you know, has got two or three crazy elite years left. Mm-hmm. But if you could use that to get the quarterback that you wanted to build your franchise around, I'm okay with that. 
Well, Tyreek Hill, Chiefs did fine without him. They won back-to-back Super Bowls without him. So uh, a franchise quarterback more important than a franchise wide receiver. Correct. Yep, yep. Sean, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends Podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends Podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.